Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and poisoning cases from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tale that we tell. And it's episode 26. Yes, it is. Hurrah. There we are. It's well done. Well done, us. Anything, anything now, I'm just like, yes, we've done things. <laughs> the magic of the numbers has passed you by. Yep. Well, there we go. How are you, Nick? Um, oh, it's so hot. Still, still, still so hot. Still, still so hot. Miserably hot. It's not showing any signs of dissipating, well, is it? Hopefully this evening or tomorrow, so says the weather, but the weather lies. <laughs> <laughs> so, You've learned that now. Always a Don't trust it. Well, any poisonings this week? No, it's too hot for such things. It's just, it's just too hot for that. Poisons just melt. <laughs> yeah, they just sweat out before they take any effect. <laughs> When this episode comes out, it will actually be two days before my birthday. It will. Mm, yeah. yeah, maybe I'll release something on my birthday. A, okay. A, a tiger. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fun. Well, we're hot. We're sweaty. hot. We're sweaty. And it's uh, desperately unpleasant. <laughs> well, while we're hot and sweaty, I think it's time to get hot and sweaty about our new Patreon subscribers. <laughs> That's weird. Let us thank our delicious, delicious new Patreon subscribers. We would like to thank Sarah Conway. Uh, Dieter Jensen. And Jennifer Wade. Thank you, you crazy mad people. You beautiful, beautiful people. Very, very sexy. And we will send you a lot of poison when it becomes legal. Yes. See, the heat has gone to your brains. It has. Thank you. They're all good names, actually, this week. I think they they sound like... (laughs) Everyone before, you had a shit name. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the three of them together. It does sound like a kind of a Charlie's Angels or kind of (laughs) birds of prey. Like Jennifer Wade, Jensen, (laughs) Sarah Connor. Probably thinking of Sarah Connor from Terminator. I think you may be, yes. But she could be the better version of it. Potentially. She could have, she could do all the Sarah Connor stuff, but with a fabulous hat. <laughs> why, why, where does the hat come from all of a sudden? I don't know, I just think it'd be good to have the Terminator, but with hats. With hats. <laughs> are you, are, you, you are telling you, me you, you would not no, watch that? I mean, that? I'm intrigued by some sort of like Regency Terminator variation. <laughs> um, everyone wearing a delightful bonnet or a top hat or something. <laughs> we could make it, we'd override it, we could ride it, Nick. <laughs> Well, Nick. Yes. Are you ready? Always. To drink cocktails and talk about poison? <laughs> I think we should. Or? Oh, it's always a choice. Drink poison and talk about it's cocktails? It's too hard. It's, it's just, <laughs> I can't even make that decision. It's just too hard. Just make the first one. Any, any, any just, decision just, yeah. making, it's going to be the first one. Exactly, today? yeah. I can't make choices. <laughs> it's just like, yes, fine, let's do that. Whatever you said, I'll do it. Okay, we'll go with the first one. We'll go with the first one. Um, it's your story this week. It is. Yay. Yay. I have no idea what's coming. Some weeks you, you tell me what's happening. Yeah. Some, some weeks, weeks we, we plan this and discuss it. I sit there with my spreadsheet and ask you for names and then you just decide to do whatever. I have what I was supposed to be doing this week on my list. I was Googling it, and then it's like, oh, it's boring. So I went to look at Alpha. Oh, that's interesting. Let's look at that. So yeah, I've done that one. But so you we'll... probably spent weeks research, painstakingly researching already. No. And I beat you to it. Ha. Well, you know what? I really look forward to that boring episode that you're going to be doing, <laughs> which you're going to drag out on episode 53 exactly, yep. or something. And it'll be about four hours long. It's going to be excellent. <laughs> well, your story this week. But yes. obviously, we cannot, we cannot, we cannot have a story without a cocktail in hand absolutely not and as ever our cocktails are always flavoured with our secret ingredient of the week which is inspired by the tale that we tell that we released earlier this week on social media and this week's secret ingredient is is apples 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 for all apples 
little Snow White? <laughs> There's two tie-ins with this. Uh, obviously, everyone on social media has gone Snow White mad. Yeah, I really have. I love it. I absolutely <laughs> it just, love it. <laughs> what did someone want me to say? Are you ready to eat poisoned apples? <laughs> She's probably one of my spirit animals. The, the the wicked witch dressed up as the apple trying to tempt people. Dressed trying up. to kill more beautiful Dress, women than me. Dressed up as the apple. <laughs> me dre- no, not dressed up as the apple. <laughs> as dressed up as the old witch. In a big costume, dressed up as an apple like Halloween. Hello! <laughs> Like a big foam ball. <laughs> it's like, you're, to, you're not very scary. <laughs> trying to entice Snow White. Have a bite, my dear. <laughs> it's getting weird. <laughs> She's mental. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. No, I won't. I was thinking more of the witch, but I like the apple idea actually. Uh, so not only are people going, yes, Snow White, all of the Snow White references. People thinking cider. People thinking apple. Was it apple shots as well? People, someone just wants apple sours. I've seen apple cider apple brandy. Um, yes. There are a lot of apple cocktails out there there are you know there's, yeah. there's many many choices another reference for us though the gamers and the nerds and the geeks amongst you which which is everyone i'm sure who's listening to this uh if you've ever played a game called the sheriff of nottingham um brilliant game board it, game get it buy it it's one of those games that when you read the instructions it seems like the premise is a bit weird as long as you're a little bit theatrical and funny but it's basically lie dice in a board game version where you have to lie about the produce you're taking to market and must sneak past the sheriff of nottingham and it is fucking hilarious <laughs> i have but four apples four apples four oh. shiny apples <laughs> ignore that crossbow that's hidden in there as well that's... there is no spice in my trailer nor silks apples for all I'm glad it's apples, yay. And it's a a proper ingredient as well. It's a real ingredient. It's a real ingredient. Real life boy. (laughs) Made of apples. It's a real life apple. So with apples, fantastic, splendid ingredient. So many choices out there. What have you gone for, Well, I have gone for a cocktail I've never actually heard of before. Uh oh. So it's going to be an interesting one. It seems intriguing from the list of ingredients. What is it? There's no chartreuse in it, I promise. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank the sweet Lord. It's called uh, Cider House Rules. Named after the film. So it's a relatively modern cocktail. Wasn't it a book before the film? Oh, it may well have a book, but, but the but, but, cocktail but. was made after the film. Good night, you princess of Maine. <laughs> That's all I know. That ha- I saw that film and nothing happens yeah. in it apart from that. This is great. And or I'm thinking, oh, there may have a, a, ooh, an ingredient might have been given away in the title there, maybe. <laughs> or maybe I'll be disappointed. You, you, you would think that, but you'll wait and see. Oh, I'll wait and see. Well, Cider House Rules. Cider House Rules in this house. I think it is time that we go to the Poisonous Cabinet Kitchen and shake up a storm. See you in a minute. See you in a bit. And we're back. Hello. Cider House Rules, eh? Yeah, apparently so. It's it's an interesting one. I do like the new glasses that you're using these days, actually. Yes, these are my new glasses. These are very, very pretty glasses. I like these. Perfectly for this type of drink. Absolutely. But yes, so, uh, well, a cloudy number? Yes, indeed. Which I'm not entirely convinced about. To clarify, cider is quite different in America as it is to English cider. And this doesn't have cider in it. Oh no, right, okay. <laughs> I think it's, it's cloudy from the cinnamon. But then in, in America, you've got cider and hard cider, I believe. Excuse me if I'm getting this wrong. You have cider, which is apple juice, but then hard cider is the alcoholic stuff. In England, it comes in a can. It gives you the worst hangover ever. It doesn't come in a can. It, gives, it comes in like a ceramic jug. I was getting to that. <laughs> you either are drinking the Strongbow, which is just, don't drink Strongbow, people. But yeah, the, the super strong stuff you drink at festivals. Or you have the traditional proper cider from cider. the West Country. Actually, Kent in England produces more cider than the West Country. Anyway, that's the cider portion of this uh, podcast <laughs> over with. Absolutely. Maybe we should just get on with the cocktails. So, so, ta- so talk us through it. Talk us through it. So, well, yeah, so we have a cider house rules, which is a long drink, but we have tequila. Oh, okay. We have tequila. We have apple juice. Nice. Uh, lemon juice. Nice. It calls for agave syrup. Which I thought I had, but I don't, so I use honey syrup instead. Which is agave pretty... closer to the tequila, obviously, but still Indeed. we'll let you get away with it. Um, and then cinnamon, ground cinnamon. Ooh, it sounds nice. So it sounds very autumnal, which is probably not the weather for it now. But all then obviously yeah. all shake, shaken over ice, served on the rocks with lots of ice. So cooling drink. It sounds like an apple pie in a glass. I'm, I'm intrigued. With tequila. Oh, so... right, well, let's dive in. You put a straw with it. I'm going to try it without the straw. Okay. I don't like the ground cinnamon in it. I can't taste the cinnamon. It just just makes it grainy. I'm underwhelmed. I oh, so am I. I'm underwhelmed. I'm very the honest answer. It's not. It's not an exciting drink. It's it's kind of fine. I was expecting right. more of a taste sensation. There. Yeah, you can taste the tequila. You can taste the apple. Yeah, tequila it's, and apple juice, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I think the cinnamon would give it a nice, mm. lovely. Spiky. I'd be intrigued to see what it 
taste like without the cinnamon because it is just adds I up. don't mind the cinnamon I can't taste I the cinnamon at all though. I can't taste it but I can feel it <laughs> you can feel it you can feel it going through it just feels cinnamon feels gra- grainy it's not yeah, bad it's, I'm not, not, gonna, it's, not, it's not horrible I'm not going to not drink it <laughs> yes, but I, I hell has not frozen over I won't be making another one very disappointing in that it should be better. <laughs> it, it sounds really nice from all the things that are in it. You know what? Maybe the agave syrup is the thing that's Maybe missing. so. Maybe it's just it, that. It feels like it needs to be a lot sweeter. And yeah. while we're not a big fan of sweet drinks, agave syrup has got a really particular sweetness to it yeah. rather than the honey. So you probably need to double the amount of honey syrup in there. Like a sweet apple juice. Fuck it. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> let's try it. Okay. So let's try it with some more yeah, honey I syrup in there. need to give it a so stir. Stir, 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 stir. That's immediately better. That is. Yeah. It needed that extra sweetness. That was it. That was it. Yeah. Oh no, that now it's nice. <laughs> now it's nice. It needed that sweetness to cut through with the with the apple. Oh, I'm happy now. <laughs> I'm less disappointed in you and your work. Now. Well, that's very kind. I think next time, if I do ever make it again, I will not use the cinnamon. What yeah. might be interesting actually, I might actually try this. Making cinnamon infused syrup. Oh, that'd be nice. I think it could be improved upon. Maybe we should revisit this around Halloween. I think in um yeah, in the autumn times I think I may re yeah, revisit this yeah, one. Yeah, let's maybe with do a few, like a, with a few tweaks. I think it'd be nice to do um a seasonal special of certain things. I mean <laughs> we're in summer and there's certainly a case for us maybe to do a video or something about doing summer drinks, what's your ultimate summer drink? Because we like margaritas, pina coladas, but yeah, then mojitos in the mojitos and those mojitos sorts of things and then in the in the autumn all these apple drinks and hot spice cider and things would be really nice. And then at Christmas we can do eggnog and at Easter we can do just chocolate eggs. With <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> chocolate minty things. Could be just chocolate things. There we go. There we go. More content has been sparked by this. Okay. So we've got, we've got the side house rules kind of in hand. In hand. We're okay with it. You don't mind going for a walk with this one. And Nick, have you got a story? Are you going to take well, some let's, let's hope I have. Otherwise, otherwise this is pointless. Otherwise, right. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Nick. Take us on a journey. Yeah. So we're going back to America. Hey. Taking us back to the States. We were um, in America sort of last week as well. We were-ish. We started in America. and then well, went, we, we, um, we were. We, we were. were, we don't, were don't, try and, don't try and wipe out history here. <laughs> Crippen is American. <laughs> yes, but then he came to the, he came to the UK. Okay, fine. Crippen didn't get all the way back across. He, he got, didn't. He got so, hanged. <laughs> he got hanged. Um, Actually, his family want to uh, move his bones back to Michigan. Yeah, where he grew up. So this may all come back to haunt you, Nick. <laughs> oh, no. What will I do <laughs> if in 20 years' time? <laughs> so we're in America. <laughs> we're in America. And I'm going to tell you the tale of Amy Archer Gilligan. Ooh, now I have heard do of her. Do you know of Amy Archer Gilligan? On one hand, no, not a familiar name. <laughs> on my poisonous cabinet hat on, uh, yes, because I, all I do is research poisonous, so I have come across her name, but actually I don't know this story. So I'm going to tell you about, about her. But what you have to do, first of all, okay. is that, well, people who are listening to this will have seen a picture of her on oh. the um, episode. But okay. you, I'm going to get into Shirley now to Google a picture of her, because she is a truly terrifying woman. And there's one picture out there that is, seems to be prevalent of, of her. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> she is. She is like a slight cross between like Liza Minnelli and Pennywise the Clown. Sort of. <laughs> that big, it's that big bow it is. That, that, that does it. And the short hair and the big bow. And it's a... I, I was thinking it's, more it's a of, look. Yeah, she, she looks like... Oh, God, who am I thinking of? She's thinking of the woman from the, the Beverly Hill Hillbillies. Yeah, there's, there's those kind of TV shows are coming to my head. But yes, that kind of big bow and short hair and big eyes yes. and twisted so she's, smile. She is, yeah. she is quite terrifying. Quite really. the character. Quite, quite the character. So she was born in October in 1868 in Connecticut. Lovely part of the world. Lovely part of the world. It's very nice. Eighth of ten children. But I mean, Amy has a fairly unremarkable childhood. There are actually none of the reports that we usually get of, oh, terrible, terrible upbringing. <laughs> um, it's all beatings and violence and working on the farm till six in the morning and <laughs> then back on the farm again at 6.30. <laughs> So it doesn't seem to be any of that, really. In fact, I mean, there are very few records of any kind of her. So it's a very, very average and unremarkable. We assume. We assume. Or it could have been so dreadful, it's been expunged from all records. <laughs> so, People came to we shall never speak yeah, of this again. <laughs> we shall never speak of anything that's gone on here. They made her drink chartreuse from birth. <laughs> so it could, it could be that also. But in 1897, when she was 29, she marries James Archer. And in 1901, they are both employed, Amy as a nurse and James as a caretaker, to look after the elderly John Seymour. So an elderly chap who's got a big house to himself, widower, getting a bit older, a bit frail. So she's employed by his family. So she, as a nurse, to look after him and husband James, just to 
look after the place. While they're there, they have one daughter, Mary, who enjoys having the large house and a massive garden to play in. She's got the house, the whole place to herself. Sounds great. To run, yeah, which sounds, it sounds like a fantastic childhood, really. Sounds like a horror story. It, it, it potentially does sound like a bit Very of a horror much. Oh, don't go in that room there. <laughs> <laughs> don't go to see old Mr. Seymour. La, la, yeah. la, la, la. No one's ever been in that room since the missus died. <laughs> Again, West Country, who moved across to the States. <laughs> <laughs> but they seem well suited to the job. James keeps the house really up to a very high standard. And Amy taking care of a frail Mr. Mr. Seymour, doddering around the place, him cooking his meals and what have. But he dies. He dies. He dies in 1904. He dies. Entirely natural causes. There is no suggestion of anything untoward going on at this point. He is an old man who has passed away. Just simply passed away. Just with, simply with passed away. <laughs> Without the use of an axe. Wait <laughs> but his his children who live out in california had decided to turn the house rather than sell it into a home for older Cats. people <laughs> no like, like one of the very first residential homes for the elderly oh that's very sweet of them because they see that um what amy and james are doing have done such a fantastic job of looking after the property looking after mr seymour well rather than just sell the house we don't need the money they're gonna turn the house into a residential care home which is quite a novel idea at the time. It I was, mean, it's a, it's a very good um, idea. It's a very good business idea. That's a little bit mean, isn't it? It's just kind of like, you've done such a good job of looking after one person. Here's 20. No, but they want to. They want to. And they, they fully endorse uh, and appreciate t- taking over the running of this this home. It sounds like a nice um, house. Yeah, exactly. It sounds like quite quite a nice house, mm. um, and they're they're earning a good good wage. And the, the place is known as Sister Amy's Nursing Home for the Elderly. Sister Amy. Sister Amy. And they, I mean, there's no medical training whatsoever going on no. here to <laughs> make her a nurse or they're anything. Old, just keep them um, clean and alive. <laughs> so, I mean, Sister Amy is well known for her nurturing tonics, her mm. nutritional meals that she serves, full of healthy fruit and veg. <laughs> That all the residents helped to grow in the gardens. None of that shop bought malarkey. That's no, no, good. no. Oh, nice. oh, but Amy likes to keep a close eye on what goes into the food. Wait a minute. <laughs> Are you saying that somehow. <laughs> somehow. So she's not getting shop board stuff, she's doing home growth. She likes, yes. Small holding for this nursing home. <laughs> Absolutely. But in 1907, so only yeah. three or four years later, uh, the Seymour family actually decide to close the business and sell the house. They decided. For whatever reason, they need they need the cash. Is it because everyone's dead? No one's dead at this point. There, there, <laughs> there have been no untoward... It's an elderly nursing home. I'm sure people died. But there, at the time, okay. there is no suggestion of anything improper. So they just, the, they just decide to close the house. That's a bit mean. No, well, perhaps it's because they say they live in California, a long way from Connecticut. It's just not worth uh, the hassle or they weren't making as much money as they thought they might. She's spending all her money growing courgettes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously that leaves Amy and James... Without, without a home, yeah. without, without a livelihood, but they decide we quite like this. We're, we're good at this, looking after the old people, malarkey. We will set up our own home, um, and the archers they buy a large house in Windsor, um, Windsor, Connecticut, not Windsor, UK. Are you sure? It's I'm, in I, I believe that de- we are, it's definitely in America. Definitely, then, definitely, isn't definitely it? in America. <laughs> they haven't set it up in Windsor Castle. It's in Windsor Castle. <laughs> they took over a wing of Windsor Castle. <laughs> <laughs> Queen Victoria was one of the residents. She was there. <laughs> she was there in the background. But they buy a large house in, in Windsor and convert it into the Archer Home for Elderly People and Conic Invalids. Nice. It's a catchy, catchy title. It's Ron Seal. Ron Seal. <laughs> I work in marketing and I'm a big fan of Ron Seal. Just say what you need uh, to do it, on there. Say, say what it is. And they got it exactly Elderly right. Elderly People in, in Chronic Invalids. And Chronic and Invalids. Poison. <laughs> and they, they start taking in paying residents. Now, as we said, I mean, nursing homes are very rare at the start of the 20th century. Traditionally, care of the elderly was a family family thing. Or it was the bring out your dead, the cot. That's a bit before that, I feel. <laughs> was it though, Nick? <laughs> so th- was I it? Think, I think that may be a few hundred years Not prior. down my way. <laughs> okay, so yeah. We're in family. civilized Connecticut. <laughs> Not wherever hovel you came from. <laughs> Living under a hill or something. Under a hill. <laughs> That's your, where we put the dead. In your hobbit ways. <laughs> so, I mean, it was down to the children and grandchildren to take care of older family. Um, and it was not uncommon to have several generations living under the same roof. Fair enough. Yeah, there it is. But things are starting to change. So the younger <laughs> generations, they're moving into the cities. That's where the work is. That's where the big jobs are. Parents are being left in the rural towns to fend for themselves. As they, oh, yeah. as they get a bit older. Children. So, yeah, children. children the, the greatest, greatest poison, poison of them all. all. 
so the archers have no difficulty whatsoever in filling their home with residents um or inmates as they were charmingly known Inmates. inmates. Oh, That's what they were. That was there. Doesn't make you feel good, really, does it? Um, really, no. <laughs> so. Your children have abandoned you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go to this nice home. Yes, here's your here's your striped suit. <laughs> here's your, exactly. Here's your plate of gruel that Amy has made herself from the finest of dust. So, in 1910, James Archer dies. Oh, her um, husband. Her husband. Her husband passes away, uh, leaving her a single mother. Uh, but the official cause of death was listed as Bright's disease. Uh, which is a generic term for kidney disease. I've never heard of that before. Yes. I'd heard of Bright's disease and I had no idea what it was. No, and I've never then heard it was of Bright's like, disease. Um, yeah, apparently it's like a catch-all term for any sort of kidney disease was known as Bright's disease. Okay. I don't know. I'm assuming it was a doctor, Bright, who in- invented kidneys. Or maybe when the kidney dies, it like admits this ball of light. Like the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> it, it may well be that. I mean, that sounds much more logical. I'm going to go with that. Than being named after a doctor called Bright. Let's go with that. <laughs> Let's go with Ark of the Covenant inside each and every one of us. <laughs> But I mean, how very fortunate for Amy that only a few weeks before she had taken out an insurance policy on her husband. Oh, how convenient. Amy dries her tears. She heads out to the insurance office to claim a lovely payout that allows her to keep the Archer home running and pays for her daughter to go to the local school and have piano lessons. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, Provided there's nothing sneaky going on. (gasps) No, surely not. Surely not. She probably put a caveat in here at some point. I understand that sometimes people die and people get payouts. No, no, the only way people die is by poison. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the point of insurance. But nowadays, if you have insurance, it's probably a very good idea. Please get health insurance. (laughs) Don't let your family be burdened with your death. (laughs) But then in 1913, so three years later, Amy remarries. Okay. Her second husband, a chap called Michael Gilligan. He himself was a widower with four adult sons, but he is a a wealthy man. Um, Interested in Amy, but then also in the the home as an investment. So willing to, he sees it as a going concern, making some money. I'm happy to invest some cash, keep it going, and I love you too. (laughs) (laughs) Were those his wedding vows? Those were his wedding vows. (laughs) Have some cash. Love you. (laughs) This house, I will love it forever and ever. But then, February the 20th, 1914, only three months after the marriage, Michael is dead. The official cause of death, an acute bilious attack. Severe indigestion. Death by indigestion. A severe bilious attack? A severe, an acute bilious attack. That's what I say to you when you're drunk. Yeah. (laughs) What? Sorry, but so he's, he's died from, from indigestion. indigestion. I have yes. heard of this before, yes. but I've always thought it was bollocks. Well, <laughs> I thought it was rhetoric. <laughs> nope, no, that's what was on his death certificate. Okay, which is. Mm. Mm. I mean, again, I mean, luckily for Amy, she's a very lucky lady. In this three-month marriage, no. her new uh, husband uh, has drawn up a will. What? Leaving his entire estate solely to her. Ugh. I mean, this did not go over well with Michael's grown children. Yeah, unsurprisingly, yeah. um, who protested quite vociferously at the change of will. But a will is a will, and a death certificate that says natural causes says natural causes. There's no getting away from it. So that's what it is. There's nothing they can do. She's just dancing around the train. And she exactly. She. I've got all your money. So that's that's pretty much what it is. That's grim. Yeah. So and I would be I would be mightily pissed off. Yeah, absolutely. Three months in, you get everything. Oh, yeah. No provision whatsoever for the children. And she's clearly not deciding to. Oh no, let me hand out. Oh, absolutely not. No, she's like, no, it's my. He wanted me to have it. I'm having it all. She's evil. I'm going to get a big frock. A big frock. Is that what girls do? That's what girls do. That's what girls do. Is that what girls do when they get money? Yep. We get big frocks. Big frocks. Put on lipstick, and then we go down the. Go and buy hats. We go out and get shit faced. <laughs> <laughs> go home with an even bigger hat. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. (laughs) Amy's clever. And over the years of running the home she has put in place a rather unique payment structure, as it were, for the residents. So you could opt to pay on a weekly basis, or for a flat fee of $1,000, the caring widower would look after you for the rest of your life. $1,000. $1,000. For the rest of your days. For the rest of your days. So $1,000, a considerable sum. And these are old people? Well, not necessarily. You're probably looking... They're also... They're old, but you're also looking for the... The more invalid side of things as well. So people who have been injured, perhaps at work, can't work. Oh, um, so, so yeah, so can't look after themselves quite as well. But they're not old, infirm, going to die relatively soon. Well, you'd have soon. veterans, and you'd also have people who yeah, get yeah. Abandoned so, and so, not so have probably you're looking for probably from like sixties up to dead sort of <laughs> age age group. The dead turning up to the house is not a good investment. <laughs> save save be, money. They also not pay you money. <laughs> Unless their family are that committed to the lie. (laughs) But it seems that those who took up the the option of the the £1,000 sort of down payment were generally in worse health than they had realised. Because they kept dying. I mean, most mysterious. They go in there healthy. Yes, I've I've got a good few years left on me. I'm not paying you weekly. Here's my $1,000. I've done my sums. So it's actually going to work out better for me to pay you up front. Oh, look, two weeks later, I'm dead. (laughs) And Amy's got a lot of money. That's a cr- that's a hard thing to sign up for as well. If you go into there, if, if family or if it's probably just you because your family have apparently fucked off to California yeah. and just coming in going, okay, do you want the weekly option or the year option? It's like, well, uh, it's the weekly option I... or the rest of your life option. Well, I'm gambling each week whether or not I die well, yeah, and like how well, much exactly. money I have. Yeah, but you think of like an average. I don't know what the life expectancy at that time would have been, but you're probably looking, what, 70, 80, something like that, mm. maybe? You're playing um, lottery. You're just you're, gambling you're, you're, with exactly, your own Exactly, you're entirely playing the lottery. So if you go in there, you've been injured, you go in there when you're 60, 65, you think, okay, perhaps I've got 15 years left. Yeah. It's going to cost me whatever it is per week. So you are gambling that I'm going to live longer than 10 years. And it then seems it, like a really good deal. Seems like a great deal. For people like us. <laughs> <laughs> looking from the outside going, we yeah. all know what they're going to do. Oh, well, exactly. It's, from the outside, it seemed like a great deal. Especially if they went with people who went in slightly younger. In the five years between 1911 and 1916, there are 48 unexpected deaths in the Archer home. That's a lot. Well, I'm saying many will say that 48 deaths over five years in a home for the elderly and infirm mm. is that unexplained? What? Well, yeah, unexpected. So sudden deaths. So we're not talking about people. People who are like, oh, you've hit 99 and you've had a heart attack. Okay, yeah. So you're approaching like 10 deaths a year. Can we say a comparison was done with another care home in uh, the neighbouring city. So the Jefferson Street home in Hartford records a similar number of deaths over the same period, though they had seven times the number of residents mm. as the Archer home does. So the, the, the rate of mortality is way, way, way higher. Among the fatalities was 60-year-old Franklin Andrews. So he was injured when he was younger, um, and he had badly injured his leg, and which left him unable to work. But he was still healthy and fit, but he couldn't work because of his injury. But he got about enough to do errands around the house, looking after the, the apple trees that grew in the orchard around uh, the house. We have apples, everyone. Apples! Uh, that was it. That was it. There are so few things in this. <laughs> Did you read that somewhere? It's when he took out of the apple trees. Apple trees! Apple trees! <laughs> there were apples in the garden. Thank fuck. But you could have picked anything. Okay, apple trees is good. I don't want to do a carrot-based cocktail. I do. <laughs> I'll leave Everyone that one for you. <laughs> in May 1914, Andrews has spent the day outside repainting a fence that runs around the house and he collapses. Oh. Two days later, he is dead. Oh. Cause of death listed as gastric ulcer. 
Hmm. After his death, all of Franklin's belongings were sent to his sister, uh, Miss Nellie Pierce. Good name. Initially, she had accepted the verdict of natural causes. Well, that's life. People die. People, people die. People, people get die. ill. Uh-huh. People die. But as she starts going through his possessions, she comes across letters oh. from Amy, oh. where she is really strongly pressing Franklin for money, insisting that he makes her the benefactor in his will. Oh. And Nellie starts to grow suspicious. Yeah. Unsurprisingly, about her brother's death. And she takes the concerns to the local police. Police not interested not interested in the slightest as far as they're concerned nothing is amiss the death has been recorded by natural causes that was that here's some mad woman whose brother has died kicking up a fuss for no reason evidence with a with a letter that says oh can i have some money I mean, like, a well, stupid Amy, don't bloody write to the people asking for stuff. Don't Especially as when she lives in your home. Exactly, You yeah. go, go and have a chat with him. <laughs> you don't have to do it in the, yeah, le- just, the form of him, letter. Just nudge him with a stick every now and but, then. But, um, I say, yeah, the police are not interested. Bastards. But Nellie is not to be dissuaded. She is not going to give up. And she takes her story and her concerns to the Hartford Courant, the local newspaper. Oh, okay, right. The Hartford Courant. Courant. C-O-U-R-A-N-T. Courant. Corrent. I'm not. I've, I've, never, never, I've, I've never, heard that. never heard of that. Um, as a, a newspaper, keep thinking cormorant, and I think it's yeah, bird. <laughs> it's a bird. <laughs> she goes and talks to the bird. It sits in Harford. Nelly's going, "Ah, oh, bird, my brother's dead. What are you going to do about it, Mister Bird?" Bird That's why goes. the police were like, she's mad. She, yeah, all she exactly. does is talk to a seabird. That's why the, the police are going, uh, I don't think so. She goes like, I will write to the prophet hen, I swear to God. <laughs> she goes to the she goes, weird, so she goes to the, the local newspaper okay. and, yeah, reports it to them. A reporter there, Carlin Gosley, takes an interest. Good name. For some years, he has been in charge of writing the obituaries and has been troubled by the frequency that he is having to write the obituaries for... The Archer House. Troubled by the frequency. Yeah, he's going, I'm writing an awful lot of these from this house. <laughs> okay. So he takes it upon himself to do a bit of digging and he takes a trip to the local drugstore, H.H. H. Mason's Drugstore, and he pours through the poison register. Mm. Amy's name comes up again and again and again. Gosley goes to his editor, Clifford Sherman, and the paper opens an investigation and they really start drilling down and finding out all the goings on at the home. And investigating the worryingly high mortality rate. On the 9th of May 1916, the first of many articles on the suspicious care home were published. The headline ran, Police believe Archer Home for Aged a Murder Factory. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's going to get people's attention. (laughs) Yes. I I am reading that 100%. Exactly. There's a murder factory? There's a murder factory. Interesting. Interesting. This is almost two years after the death of Franklin Andrews. So Nelly has been really quite persistent in making sure this story and this does not get forgotten about. Um, for her. Well, absolutely. Well, you would. Indeed. You would. Your, your brother has died and you think something really dodgy is going on. Yeah. You're not going to forget about it. Exactly. The paper uncovers a interesting and terrifying trend of older male residents who decide to leave everything they have to Amy. And then suddenly die. Unsurprisingly, this caused quite a lot of concern around the town. (laughs) (laughs) And relatives of those who have died over the past few years go, hang on a minute. They didn't the first time? No, apparently not. They were like, she's been so nice, let her have his will. She's been so nice. And I think a lot of these people are not rich people, so we're not talking about massive, massive inheritances. Even so, you still want the few pittance back. I don't think necessarily they're leaving it to Amy, they're leaving it to the home, which she controls, so in effect it's her money. But they have been well cared for by this place. Guilt, that's it. The family are guilty. They've shoved the, the, the daddy or the old person into the home yep. and then the person chooses to leave it to the home they go oh well, fair enough actually yeah. we didn't look after them exactly Ooh. we didn't look after them This these people have obviously provided a loving safe environment for dear old dad we'll let them have the oh yeah this, the, is, oh, this is some the, nasty the, the stuff money. yeah the family so, are questioning it because we're yeah. all bitches <laughs> but after after this story comes out they go <laughs> something's not quite right we could have had money we could have had some cash after all I mean spurred by the gossips and the rumours the articles were causing the police 
do jump into action. I think probably mostly, I'm sure, to try and stem the, the bashing that they were taking in the press, which is not doing anything. <laughs> the police being... leap into action after three years. Yeah, I mean, they, they are being com- accused of complete indifference, or, I mean, even worse, some sort of collusion with, yeah. uh, with the home about why aren't these things being investigated. Well, Amy's given them a little backhander of don't ask enough, any questions. She? She's got the money coming in. But, the, yeah, obviously the police are having none of that, so they, they leap into action. But, <laughs> I mean, the investigation lasts over a year. So it's a long, quite thorough investigation. And they pull apart Amy's life entirely. Mm. A previous court case comes to light that reveals in 1909 the care home had been sued by the McClintock family over the lack of care given to an elderly relative at the mm. home and the case is settled out of court quietly hush hush and the archers pay the family five thousand dollars wow that's a lot One hundred forty thousand dollars today to keep them quiet mm. about dear old uncle bob it's, it's it's hushed up but it comes out now in this investigation the bodies of second husband michael gilligan and franklin andrews and three other residents are exhumed okay. and a much more detailed testing is carried out <laughs> as one would hope all five were found to have been poisoned, either by arsenic or strychnine. Arsenic! Arsenic, <laughs> arsenic, arsenic and strychnine. And yes, strychnine. We have a, she didn't seem to have a preference. It was like, what can I get my hands on today? Well, those are the two of the most common poisons. Abs- so things, arsenic, uh, rat poison, and, exactly. uh, and strychnine, also for rat poison. The things and you can find in the chemists. You would, strychnine, again, in old people's homes, as a restorative tonic. Mm. You would be able to get that all the time. Ah, the, two, the two beauties, there yeah. it is. Why, why, why mess around? Why mess around with any of these <laughs> newfangled things? Absolutely not. Do you think she went in there and was shopping around each week and kind of like, now, do I want to try this uh, this being No, you know what? No, arsenic I, and strychnine. I, I know, know what. I know what it works and I know what I like. (laughs) I mean, at Andrew's autopsy, they found enough arsenic to kill half a dozen strong men, the report says. And 20 weak men. And and a thousand women. (laughs) But only half a dozen strong men. (laughs) But they find no sign whatsoever of the gastric ulcers that has supposedly done him in. Arsenic. Oh my God. Oh, my stomach. So, So then there were questions about, well, was whoever pronounced these wrote these death certificates mm. were they in collusion were, were they, they were they given a bit of we don't know do we not we don't know is it just again one of those again doctors fucking greatest poison of them all just oh okay fine it's it's this i think Let's it's exactly just write that. it off we're not gonna spend money and time when no one is paying i think for this autopsy absolutely right these are these are not wealthy people there's not a huge amount of money here there are no families nearby oh your stomach hurts fine gastric it's gonna be natural causes fair enough no one jumps to poisoning as your first as the first potential thing but they should, uh, they should. <laughs> yes indeed they should and i mean local merchants they testified that amy local was these... merchants local excuse merchants. me sorry you, do you mean shopkeepers merchants druggists <laughs> well, we suddenly gone back to the 15 we have Nick. <laughs> they have barrels and when they're selling their silks and spices <laughs> upon the river <laughs> local chemists <laughs> Yes, chemists, I get that. Mm-hmm. You sure? Is that, yeah, is that better for you? Chemists, druggists. Druggists. Pocketaries. The local chemists testified that Amy was quite the regular in mm. purchasing large quantities of arsenic. Always saying that it's those damn rats are back again. <laughs> those damn rats. I need the arsenic, I need the strychnine to kill the rats. Of course. But revisiting the poison books at the chemist, they reveals that Amy has purchased 10 ounces of arsenic just before the death. <sighs> Of second husband Michael Gilligan and ten ounces is a hell, a hell of, of a lot. It's an awful amount, an awful lot of lot of arsenic. That is a lot. Of some ar- means no one needs that. Some much reports arsenic. mean enough to kill a hundred people. Good God! I mean, it's not all used to kill Michael, but she, she buys a considerable amount of arsenic. Mm. And in another twist. Uh, Gilligan's children are further vindicated in their suspicions when it's discovered that the will is a forgery. Really? Written in Amy's own hand. How this wasn't discovered? Why did they not check? Why do people not check? They're married, husband and wife. (sighs) Why wouldn't he change his will? His children have grown. They've got their own occupations. They necessarily don't need the money. If they were contesting it, you'd point it out. You'd say it's not their fucking handwriting. (laughs) (laughs) But it's found now. Amy Archer Gilligan is arrested and tried for murder. Unsurprisingly. Originally they tried to prosecute the five deaths that they had confirmed when they exhumed the bodies. But her lawyer manages to get the charges reduced to a single count. Hmm. That of the most recent 
murder of Franklin Andrews. Yeah, that's quite common. So, yep, those are the previous cases were perhaps too old. The evidence was insufficient. So they've gone with the one most recent case where they've got the most amount of evidence for. But I mean, one charge is enough. And on the 18th of June, 1917, a jury finds her guilty and she is sentenced to death. But one charge is enough. And on the June the 18th, 1917, a jury finds her guilty and she is sentenced to death. And she is set to go to the gallows in November of that same year. But Amy is not ready to give up and her lawyers launch appeal after appeal. And due to a technicality, Hmm. her conviction is overturned. What? And she is granted a retrial. Now, I do not know what that technicality was, but she is granted a it retrial. Exactly, it's, it's, it's exactly. Boring. It's going to be a technical thing. Someone didn't sign a bit of paper properly, or something mm. like that. But she is granted a retrial, and I mean, this time she goes straight for the insanity plea. Oh, for fuck's sake! She claims her mother had been an opium addict. Her mm. own daughter Mary gives evidence that Amy is herself addicted to morphine. But no, but doesn't make, that no. doesn't make you kill people. No, and I mean none of this came out in the first trial when she went for innocent. Uh, it's, yeah, of course. But now, now I've she's got, got, I've got a retrial, and everything is got a retrial. Right. Now I'm going for the crazy because it does not lead to a death sentence. And it's discovered that there is actually a history of mental illness in the family. It's discovered that her brother John had been an inmate at the Connecticut General Hospital for the Insane since 1902. So, one of her sisters is also listed as living in the hospital in the 1930s census. Yeah, these are her, her siblings, so it makes no difference whatsoever to her, but it's brought out. The trial ends suddenly, though, on the July 1st, when Amy changes her plea to guilty. Obviously, <sighs> seeing what's going on, I'm not going to get away with this. No. And my, this insanity thing is not going to go on. I'm going to plead guilty to murder in the second degree, Ooh. which carries an automatic life sentence, yeah. rather than murder in the first degree, which is death sentence. How she manages to get it changed down to second degree murder, I do not know. I mean, her crimes are very much premeditated and meticulously planned, which is the the hallmark yeah, of first it's, degree it's murder. Kind of, um, it's a weird technicality. So, um, Forensic files will help us with this. So when you're listening, please please write on this episode notes about how that could possibly work back in the day. I think mainly is because she says, if you let me have secondary murder, I will plead guilty. I'm not going to fight it. I'm not going to argue. It's a plea bargain. So I get, yeah, fine. I get life in prison. But if you are contesting it, huge amount of money, huge amount of exactly. state money, yep. huge amount of time that is going to be spent. So you are arguing. And that's why a lot of the cases end up being, we'll do this one charge yep. rather than having to tie it up with four or five, which we know you've convicted. And it's very sad for the family that they don't get closure, but it's just easy. We'll get you on this and we'll make it a massive yeah. sentence. And- I mean, so yeah, I mean, she is sentenced to life imprisonment. She's sent to the state prison. It's an old Civil War fortress. It's not a jolly place. Okay. I mean, it only houses men. Until she's there, it has been a male prison. Really? She, oh, so she's good. given a little cell in a tower or something of this fortress. <laughs> Is um, she Rapunzel? <laughs> not with that hair, she's not. Not no. with that hair. <laughs> so, but, but, I mean, she used the bow to let them yeah, down. <laughs> potentially. I mean, her incarceration just breaks her entirely. Wow. Um, and in 1924, she is declared hopelessly insane. Mm. And she's transferred from the state prison to a secure mental hospital where she stays for the rest of her life. She dies there in 1962, which is so much later than I'd imagined. Um, She's 89 years old. Obviously, anyone who was even connected to her case long since passed away. We've had this before where someone survived so long that Mm. in prison that the people who had forgotten why she was there. Yeah, we had that last week with uh, Crippen's Ethel. Yes. With his girlfriend that she survived into the 60s. I mean, like, she didn't do anything with the case. But it's funny when we're talking about things in the 1910s and then something in the 60s, which does seem quite close, even though it was, you know, 60 years ago. (laughs) But yeah, it feels relatively modern. So yes, so she has died. She She has killed five people. But it's interesting researching this, as there are so many different versions of this story. Um, In one I read, she has married not only Archer and Gilligan, but also married a further five of her elderly patients. Oh, really? And she became the beneficiaries in their wills. Mm. But there are no names for these five other people. So are they getting confused with the the other bodies that they dug up who were just residents and someone's embellished that she actually married them yeah. rather than that. I mean, she she did sort of hyphenate her name with her two first husbands. So having a further five would have been quite a long... Mm. Amy Archer, Gillen mm. Smith, James Blake, Gordon Green. <laughs> <laughs> so it would have been quite a mouthful to get your, your seven husbands' um, surnames. <laughs> yeah, as, as I say, I mean, while it's probably true that she killed those men, I don't think she necessarily she married them. Uh, in another version I read, there were nine female patients 
who fell victim to her as well. But that was only in one version. So mm. there's a lot of a lot of randomness going on. Well, exactly, you never know. I mean, some people attribute every death at the home to her homicidal no, ways, right. which is nonsense. Because then, I mean, they some people give her like the title of one of the most prolific serial killers in history because she's got over 50 deaths on her hands. Aye. But yeah. I think that also is probably fairly unlikely. Yeah. Many of the deaths there were probably pretty natural. So that is the story of Amy Archer Gilligan. Sister Amy. Sister, Sister Amy. Amy. And another interesting twist, actually. There was another cocktail that I had considered for this episode. Oh, really? But then I was slightly kicking myself because we've already done it on a previous episode. Oh, what was it? Because the case of Amy Archer Gillen was the inspiration for the 1941 play Arsenic and Old Lace oh. um, by Joseph Kesselring. Yes. Um, which tells the story of spinster sisters, Abby and Martha, who yeah. take to murdering elderly gentlemen with arsenic in elderberry wine. The, the, the play quite famously was made into a film by Frank Capra mm. in, the, in the 40s starring mm. Cary Grant. And there was a fantastic cocktail named after the, the play The Arsenic on Lace which we had on a previous episode so I was like ah oh, why did I oh, why did I that. did I waste that waste that cocktail on that one I mean it's interesting from the one of the critics because obviously the uh, Arsenic on Lace is, is a comedy yes it's, um, it's it's comedy films and no one at the time thought that you could make a comedy out of such a dreadful 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 thing but one critic um, puts it you wouldn't believe homicidal mania could be such fun <laughs> <laughs> the story of Amy Arch Gilligan good story a modern well not a modern but a 1910s Pennywise crazy crazy looking lady I think she truly was the big I think the big I I know Pennywise has got a big ruff but there's that big bow that does it it just really freaks me out it was of the fashion yes it's just like entirely unnecessary it's quite unassuming isn't it if you wear that and you've got to be a nice kindly old lady I think it looks really freaky well, I'm probably at the time when everyone... If you saw someone like that walking down the street, you go, she's about to kill people. <laughs> <laughs> she was holding a bottle of arsenic exactly. at the same time, laughing her head off. <laughs> I don't think the bow would be the problem there. Great story. Ooh, well, there yeah, we go. Again, another person caring of the elderly. Yeah, exactly, yes. Being a nurse, coming with smiles and kindness. Yep, yeah, so. I don't think she... I'm sure she didn't kill all the people no, that were there. No, absolutely there Because not. it's one of those where you go, oh, well, let's attribute every single exactly. death yeah, under no, the roof. But, you know, clearly greed. Greed again. Oh, completely. Greed yeah. Yep. Greed wants the, wants the money. That's that's all there is. All there is to it. As a journalist in my former life, I did do a couple of stories about care homes and getting the reports back about the level of care there, and it is quite terrifying. Now things have moved on quite a bit from the early two thousands when I was doing this story, but I found reports about the level of care that people got mm. outwardly. Oh, it's a wonderful, caring sort of place, but people just neglected them. And they just didn't care yeah. because they're old and they'll die and they'll pay their bills. And it's quite chilling. And it's, oh, you know, there are yeah. some amazing care homes For out sure. there and like some really good ones. But it is worth investing in them. That person who's wandered in there with all their worldly possessions not being looked after by their family. Yes, I'll pay this £1,000 fee. Yes, I'm sure I've got a good few years <laughs> in me. Oh, I'm so pleased that you have a vegetable garden. I love vegetables. <laughs> I like apples. I like apples. <laughs> oh, apples, my favourite of the fruits. <laughs> And then the family probably feeling so fucking guilty, rightly yeah. so, to a point. Or just going, oh, we didn't really care about them. And they said, well, we've left the money to the care home who really did give a shit about us exactly. at the end. And I bet you Amy laid that on thick. Oh, I'm no doubt. Absolutely. Yeah. That, and then that they, guilt and... There can't be any other reason for why they wouldn't contest it. Well, good for Nelly. Well, indeed. I mean, none of this would have been come to light if it wasn't of her persistence. Yeah. Um, and her going and was another interesting thing that actually as a direct result of this because prior to this there was no uh, legislation no mm. rules and regulations about care homes or homes for the elderly at yeah. all and as a result of this they introduced federal law that there were certain standards that had Absolutely. to be kept and inspections and things like that and that was a direct result of, of this this case um, and what and gone it, and on again, at the home. it still is a problem nowadays that those you know they're, they're constantly updated and the, the standards aren't upheld but imagine that just having in a time where just they're old they're old mm. fuck them they're a burden on society oh, great. ooh chilling nasty it's sad. No, it bad, sad. Amy. Bad, bad Amy bad Amy those poor old people do you think she was Seems like she was maybe, you know, seducing some of the older men. Not, in a, not in a dirty way, but in a, in a, you know, probably just being very... Being I'm sure being very affectionate, kind very kind. She she handmade all the meals and stuff like that. So she was very attentive. Yes, with, with just, well. This is mainly poison. <laughs> but she was incredibly attentive, it seemed, to these people who probably did form a very strong attachment to their mm. the only person who was there talking to them and listening to their 
stories and listening to their life and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. They weren't getting visitors. Their family wasn't coming to visit them. And we have to remember that not all serial killers are sitting there cackling the whole way through. That some of them do have a, you know, well, all of them have a mental problem. But there is a, you know, there are common mental illnesses with them wanting to give that level of care and that sort of god complex, as we've talked about before. And we shall explore in another expert witness bonus episode. Well, yeah. there she is, Amy. Go look is. up, uh, go gaze upon her photo, people. <laughs> you will see it in the episode notes if you haven't taken note of it. Go and have a look at it. What do you think? What do you think of? Amy, what do you think of um, terrifying care home stories? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ring your parents. Be nice to your parents. Nice you to your parents. look after your parents. Don't kill them. Look after the elderly. Tre- cherish them. Cherish them. <laughs> Soon they'll be dead. <laughs> Great story. And uh-huh. that cocktail did work out okay it in the end. It worked better with the motion. Yeah, the, the, the extra motion. sweetness. Um, definitely definitely helped definitely the extra sweetness in there made it so much more pleasant yep. everything that it should have been so agave syrup is a wonderful thing so definitely use that in there the recipe will be up on the social media the social later media. on make it share it make it your own versions of it and yeah what I'm interested in is because many people have, were going about all sorts of apple based cocktails so make your own apple cocktails definitely. and let me know because I want to try some I've only nearly made apple teenies so. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't I went for something I hadn't had before and I regret it bitterly <laughs> apples apples I'm just thinking of all the Simpsons references to cider and apples yeah if it's brown and yellow you've got juice there fella it's tangy and brown you're in cider town share, share whatever yep. apple based drink you're making even if it's a cider cider or if it's cider. just apple juice and petrol share it with us <laughs> a classic classic cocktail Class- tell us more stories that you want us to cover <laughs> this weekend we'll be sharing more content uh not just because it's my birthday it's a big birthday as well big birthday. she's very 21, very old 21 21 years old. 21 years i'm 60 <laughs> no i'm not <laughs> got some great stuff that we're going to share some extra witness stories we're going to have more stuff over on patreon come and join the party people the biggest birthday present you guys can give to me should you wish to please send me shit as well is share this podcast leave us a wordy review on apple itunes apple podcasts and share it with your friends get more people to subscribe just post something on whatever social media channels that you use and tell people to come and discover the poisonous cabinet we will love you forever for it and it will make me very happy deep down and that's what we all want otherwise i just get it in the neck you do yeah so Make my black heart sing. <laughs> come and find us on Patreon. Come and find us on social media and have a chat. So, we have been the people inside the poisonous cabinet. We will see you next week. And remember, your loved ones are trying to kill you. Bye. Bye.